Man, wax lips <laughs> wax were the sack. grossest thing in the world. What are? Wax lips. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That confection? I only know them from I, the I think you're just like, uh, uh, Wax awful. lips are like from the era where like a kid would wear like a little paper crown and push a wheel down the street where you don't like you don't even want to trust the candy that kid's gonna eat. It's not real. It's push not a wheel good. Down the street. It's awful. Yeah, like with a stick. Yeah, with a stick. Like if that's if that's your idea of fun, think about what your idea of candy is. Wax that you chew on that has like juice in it. <laughs> good point. Gross. Your favorites. It's November 18th, 2015. This is Idle Thumbs 237. I'm Chris Remo. I'm James Spafford. I'm Jake Rodkin. And I'm Sean Vanneman. Welcome back, buddy. Hey, pal. Oh, and and Spaff and Chris. And- <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, guys. Hey. I've come back because I played Fallout 4 extensively. Oh, good. Nice. Yeah. Is that where Nick is right now? Probably. Let's oh, just probably. assume he is. Yeah. Yeah. He's lost in uh, the Boston wastelands. <laughs> Jake. You haven't played it though, right? No, but you like Waluigi. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Did you see that somebody made Waluigi in the character creator, <laughs> and it's fucking perfect? Yeah, I did see that. I actually. Did you see I the did quote that said, "Wow, <laughs> wow never changes." Yes. <laughs> so yeah. fucking good. It's really good. <laughs> oh my goodness, Chris, you have to see this. Wow, I already got him right here. Fallout. Look at. I shit. wish to see this. <laughs> that's what you that's what you love who's that in the background is that that's Ms. Wallace Ms. Ms. Wario I think it's just a oh, it's another <laughs> Wa it's a member of the of the Wa family <laughs> that's actually oh. the one that makes it for me that's good because I can imagine a real human just actually looking like that, and so there might be well, one it out looks there. Like, real... It looks like um, a Bioshock character, basically. That's true. It's sort of yeah. just that sculpted enough dramatic look. Mm-hmm. This is basically. Yeah, this is like a, you know, Sander Cohen type or something from Bioshock. Yeah, if this guy got on the subway, I would buy it. Especially with that curly Q mustache in the you city. Would the you buy the subway? Yeah, you, you'd, you'd buy the subway? I would buy it as reality. As, as real. Golden. As like, I'm, I'm awake. <laughs> I love this. Give me more of this. <laughs> I want this. How much for you to be here now? <laughs> Excuse me, sir. I just look this way. <laughs> there's some other uh, excuse me sir i am i'm gonna win <laughs> <laughs> i i have sorry, a party to I'm, attend I'm, of which i am the star i am the number one star <laughs> of that party please uh yeah i mean i don't know if i have any more illuminating thoughts than um i i guess i would say if you did see that guy on the subway you'd buy it because it was real life and he would have to exist but if you saw him walking around a post-apocalyptic bostonian wasteland you would say you're waluigi you are definitely <laughs> waluigi you are an easter <laughs> egg sir breaking I, for me. i'd buy this wait i already spent 60 dollars on this game uh, i bought this fortunately waluigi <laughs> i bought, bought you i would say <laughs> Although I did find myself saying that a couple of times, like I've had good experiences and then I've had like weird game, bad experiences of just like getting murdered instantly or something. And those are usually entertaining, but I have like last night had made all this progress and then the stupidest fucking thing happened. I just got exploded by a trap and I just, 
looked at the screen and basically said, I bought this. I bought this game. Jesus, this is, I bought I have, this. I have to keep playing. <laughs> like, I the expression is, I bought it. Like, when you die. You need to use it properly, Sean. Oh, like, I bought the farm? Yeah, exactly. Mm. Oh, I was talking, I was I talking about the farm. That's, that's his Medicare farm settlement farm. that he built. <laughs> with. Oh, yeah, he built the farm. Mm-hmm. He didn't buy it. Yeah. You just he built the farm. And then you make it. He I, bought this, and he paid for this game. <laughs> I workshop menued myself a farm, yes, by using the touchpad. Yeah, are you, are you guys are all playing on PC though? I yeah. am. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm playing on PS4, which is uh, interesting. You have to navigate some and really irritating controls to. Yeah, I don't like the mouse and keyboard it. controls. Yeah. Wait for the the UI update hack yeah. mod, whatever. Yeah. Didn't wasn't there a PC UI fix Skyrim mod yeah, that was made a lot of difference? Yeah, so. yeah. yeah, I had just learned by. Um, playing Skyrim on PC and then buying a copy of it for Xbox 360 for my roommate that it was a much more fun play experience on 360 even though it didn't look very good compared <laughs> to PC. But then I just plugged in a 360 controller on Skyrim and was off to the races. Yeah, I'll probably just pl- I'll probably just plug in an Xbox controller on PC. I think that's wise. Yeah. Um, cuz the game plays really nicely on P- in the PS4. Have any of you guys found a turret override holo tape? Oh man, in the game? many people have showed me this on Twitter. Yeah, there's um I guess you can get some sort of I don't know what a turret override holo tape is. <laughs> Self-explanatory, Jake. The I mean, I imagine find... I mean, the first two parts, the third yeah. part, you know. You can find like holo tape, you can find tape, you know, cassette tapes basically in the game and plug them in, you know, put them into computer terminals that you find in the world. And then there's also turrets and stuff like that you can build as part of the crafting system as defenses and stuff like that. So, mm. yeah. so there's a holotape that you can get for your turret, uh, which is called Turret Overlord version 3.1, and that's T-U-R-R-3-T, and it lets you uh, do things to your turret. But this particular tape was made by Phaedros, P-H-A-E-D-R, <laughs> capital zero S. So, um, pretty pleased about that, uh, existing inside of Fallout. So, you know, yeah, either a deep cut idle thumbs reader or one of the like 900 million people who have read Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. <laughs> I'm hoping for the former. I think we are all I'm hoping for the I'm former. betting the former when it's a, it's considering it's also an overlord. Yeah. It's an overlord <laughs> who's a, a turret hacker named Phaedrus. Like it's pretty good. Anyway. So yeah. that's good. Um, it's, it's, that, of course, funny. means that uh, because Phaedrus has also in Gone Home, that Fallout now takes place in the System Shock universe. Steve already made that claim earlier. <laughs> really? No, of course no. not. Because that's the sort of outlandish claim that Steve would make. That's, I why, I, that's why I believed it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's funny, that, like, you, that goof about the holotape thing made me realize how much of the game I'm not engaging with because I played so much Skyrim that I'm just doing Skyrim things because the game in... Does this solid also contains a Skyrim, basically? Yeah, like 75% of the game is just Skyrim in control presentation and design. Dragons. Which is... Vikings and stuff. Not that part. (laughs) You know what I mean, though? Did you you play much Skyrim? Uh, I played a bunch, but... I played, I like played a lot of it. I mean, God, it just feels like Skyrim to me. Like so much of like, oh, I'm just gonna do the. I'm like, it's funny. I don't think it's not. I'm not knocking the game, but I just find myself. Are you, are you saying? I, I can't tell if what you're saying is 
specific to Skyrim, or do you just mean Bethesda modern Bethesda RPGs? Modern Bethesda. Okay, RPGs. okay, because it makes right. sense yeah. though that it would yeah. be that. Of if course, it wasn't like that. I'm not saying it makes sense or is bad or is good. It's just there's a whole segment of the game but you I'm think not you're engaging just pl- with you because I know how to do this one core. Right. Part of the Venn you're, you're playing the Bethesda common denominator right now more right. than you're playing Fallout 4 potentially. Exactly. Mm. Which I think is making, which is hindering my enjoyment of the game. Although I know there is much to be enjoyed. You gotta get in a big mech suit and stomp around. You gotta find those holotapes. Come <laughs> <I> on. <did. laughs> you gotta use vats. I am using the vats. Gotta use vats. But I wasn't until I listened to the podcast last week. Yeah, I kind of <laughs> I was taught to I use vats hearing, by you guys. I ended up hearing from a lot of people who similarly you know, like me and apparently Sean just completely missed the part in the tutorial where the game introduces vats to you. And I guess the reason is because when you first encounter uh, enemies in the game, it's just a little message in mm-hmm. on the screen that you don't mm-hmm. have to do because obviously if you kill the enemies without doing it, the message isn't going to stay there the entire game. Right. Because vats no longer... Like, vats is only... I think you can technically force activate it if there are no enemies on screen by like holding the button down longer. But generally speaking, if you just press the button, it will only come up if there's an enemy on the screen. In Fallout 3, was Vats just always on a toggle on that button? No, I just remember it being introduced in a way that I I noticed Mm. that it existed. And I also think it was part of their marketing a lot more, whereas I guess... I guess I actually just didn't really look at the marketing for this game. It seems like it's being sold as... I mean, the marketing for this game... The core marketing has been like the two trailers they put out, and like that's yeah, it. Good yeah. music and art. Yeah, it, yeah. Se- it seems like they're selling Fallout Four a lot more on it's just an open experience for you to do what you will. Yeah, and it. that's fine. I mean, yeah. it's more that than, I mean, their games just increasingly are moving in that direction over the last few, and inter- you know, especially with all this crafting and settlement stuff. So that's fine. Um, but yeah, it seems like a lot of people missed that. I wonder how deliberate that was. Like, I mean, they must have playtested the first hour of Fallout 4 a lot over the last seven years. I know. I feel that's true of a lot of stuff. I've had to read a ton of guides. Being pretty new to Fallout, having never played the other ones, so much stuff is told you in those little pop-up boxes that you don't really yeah. spot I wonder, because you shot the beetle with the gun that you had in your hand or whatever. You they, must just it figure it they must just figure at this point there's too much in the game to... Like, the the... What... What they gain from explicit mandatory tutorialization must be so must be they must consider it not as important as not burying you under yeah, tons I mean, of shit. Mm-hmm. They, and I think I agree. Yeah. I think I, so too. I think I do. Too. I mean, like I was playing this game like the game in like what twenty five minutes after the opening. You're just like, oh, you're in the space. Go, you know, like twenty minutes, fifteen. Mm-hmm. Like so short. Like I would much prefer that than a Final Fantasy where it's like, well. Night one, first half of the tutorial. <laughs> oh, no, Night I totally two, agree. I'm half. just playing yeah, the game no. with my laptop, though, yeah. there. It's, and then I'm it like, what like, the fuck is this? Well, the thing oh, that, so, oh, press so the, this button. The know. thing that was, especially the first day when I was playing the game, it ended up being really cool because I would find things. Like, you know, when I first found the, um, I, I mentioned this last week, I suppose, but when I first found the crafting stuff, I was just like successively overwhelmed by how much how huge that system is and it made it feel like there was a lot in the game like it made it feel like a world full of stuff i'm like this if this entire thing is in the game and i had no idea 
then how much other stuff is just yeah. here that I have no clue that I'm just going to find? And mm-hmm. like that whole first day of playing that game was kind of amazing in that way because I just kept finding things that I did not know I should be expecting, yeah, so that I didn't know how to use. It was crazy. To that point, VAT probably has just been downgraded to the same level as the crafting system, which is when you absolutely need to find it, we'll just trust that someone is going to find it and they're going <laughs> right. to kill a guy with yeah. it. Yeah, which um, is kind of actually going all the way. In a way, it, it's the it, this pendulum is kind of swinging back to what these games were like sort of pre-Oblivion or pre-Morrowind. I mean, they're not like that. They're not – this is not the same as like Daggerfall, Elder Scrolls 2 in, in in a lot of ways necessarily. But there was something about that era of like big, expansive, system-driven, player-driven PC game design that did just kind of let that stuff be – largely player discoverable and it's interesting to see that having got having sort of shrunk the possibility space of that stuff a bit with those games not that bethesda games have ever been narrow in scope but you know having having sort of progressed a little more in the playability like player messaging direction it's interesting to see that these games have now become so successful and so fundamentally accepted by a mass audience that they seem to feel confident in open in just like yep. going well just i guess keep pushing it i bet though i bet also the argument for this style of sort of openness and less tutorialization is easier to make as a triple a studio one like you said when you know that you're selling millions of copies but also between fallout 3 and fallout 4 minecraft and demon souls and dark <laughs> souls true. have shipped yeah that's and true. like yeah those games have not done badly and i feel like mm-hmm. if you're making a systems heavy super open game that's about exploring and probing the systems it's a lot easy it's got to be easier to make the case with a, like a relatively small team like fallout 4 has like in the, tri- in the triple a space they're not an is assassin's creed i yeah. think so well okay not assassin's creed but assassin's creed is unusual for the for a game that pre-sells 12 million okay, copies they have a small team that's, that's fair okay. like yeah. they have a huge sure. team relative like they're to, bigger than like i mean they're so much smaller than somebody like g like a gta yeah or like an the, assassin's creed. the other games that exist okay, in their space which that's, is that's fair you know yeah you could almost add a fourth A if were you a terrible person. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it, four A's. Yep. Like a Dubai hotel, seven stars. Yes. <laughs> yes. The Dubai hotels of gaming, man, that is weirdly accurate. Um, <laughs> somehow. You know, it's... Fallout 5, Dubai. Yeah. Seven stars. Man, I, I, want to see what, I want to see what the world... A fallout looks like in a country that is not the United States, because mm-hmm. so much of that series is kind of so American much iconography. Yeah, like, it, just the, the aesthetic make, like trades so heavily on sort of colonial era, pa- like rev- colonial revival patriotism, and um, like smashed yeah. into mid-century and, Americana. Yeah, mid-century yeah. Americana. You could probably make a pretty amazing like Russian companion. You know, like. Yeah. Given the era of like nuclear war. That's definitely, yeah, that like is that. true. That is the most obvious one. Yeah. But man, what would it look like if it was in like the Middle East or Asia or, or like South yeah, America? Like Beijing or something. Or something? Yeah. 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 Man, a Fallout game set in a mid century South American dictatorship, like oh, another man. like a communist spin off. Like, yeah. Wh- oh which, my gosh. Which South, did you read that article about the, the South American dictator who commissioned a bunch of like, tech minds and futurists to build him like an all-encompassing government computer system and control center like oh, that man. scene in batman like a year the dark ago Knight. i think well, did this come out like a year ago it was it article? was like actually four or five years ago this article okay. came out but it was people who like just 
high-minded political thinkers in uh, American and European universities were commissioned by some South American government and their leader to build, like, to automate and make them, like, the the – it's like a Bioshock, basically, but real life, to make them, like, the technological, bureaucratic – uh, idealistic like the country that everyone wants to be and at the end of the day they did not have the money or resources to do this yeah. so it ended up being a floor of an of the building was like a secretarial pool that were bringing information together by hand putting them onto slides that were then projected up onto screens in a room that just looked like the bridge from star trek so it was completely the illusion of information and efficiency <laughs> and all these things just like it ended up being this weirdly hilarious microcosm of how the shitty like dictatorships like right. uh, like that work and like what they look it, it's like basically a what my friends think I look like what I think I look like what I actually look like uh, <laughs> yeah. image combination but anyway yeah. that crazy communist futurism smashed into a fallout universe in the middle of South America would be awesome yeah that's all get ready for that. Awesome. I'm quite ready. That's the new Vegas of Fallout 4, I hope. Oh, man. That's the Far Cry Blood new Dragon. Nicaragua. Fallout, 4. <laughs> Fallout Blood Dragon. <laughs> the same oh, way that, like, no. Risk Legacy and Pandemic Legacy in the board game space, just right. everyone gets their Blood Dragon now. Blood dragon. <laughs> <laughs> you get a Blood Dragon, you get a Blood Dragon. Uh, yeah. You know what I was going to say um, in terms of tutorialization and all the things that are crammed into the game? I wonder um, how much of, like, you have all those buttons because you're playing on PC with a mouse and keyboard. Like, yeah. I just hit all the buttons yeah. on my DualShock, and I kind of know most of what mm -hmm. I have available, which is how I found Vats um, yeah. after hearing you guys talk about it. Uh, and I wonder how much of that um, tutorialization is also curbed just by the fact of, like, well, we know you can do all of this stuff with these 12 buttons, so people will get to those buttons eventually. Because, like, the, the menu where you build your your settlement or whatever, whatever that stuff is, is the clicky touchpad. Mm -hmm. The middle thing. What's the VATS button? L1? You're Rotate pretty... your DualShock 90 degrees in the accelerometer. Yeah, that's the accelerometer. Uh, bumper? Like, Star mode. <laughs> left alt to do with that. Uh, bumper? Mm -hmm. But, like, you know, sprint and crouch are on the, the sticks. This was just, like, really weird sticks. choices on the UI. So, for instance, when you go into your building menu and you have the option of what to build, mm -hmm. uh, it makes you scroll left and right with the arrow keys, which you're not, you don't have your hands yeah, on. Yeah, that's just got to yeah, be. Unless you press shift, and then first. you can use WAS. Whoa, what? Discovered. That's a strange pro tip. Fallout. Why not? I mean, it just feels so like you're so constrained like by the controller that you're just like, well, some someone PC will press shift and then use WAS. PC gameplay controller is like, how do I make something better with these <laughs> terrible constraints when you should just be able to click around with a mouse? Yeah, yeah. That's what and you want, like, right? You just want it to be like whatever The Sims, where you just pick, you just grab stuff, right? Yeah. Just want it to be an intuitive. Like, when you're in the middle of combat and doing stuff, you want to have an intuitive way of getting in and out of menus and using stuff. Yeah. And it just takes a while to get used to that. There are two escape buttons, essentially. There's the escape button that brings up the, like, settings menu, and then there's tab, which is actually, like, backing out of stuff. But sometimes you need to use both of them at the same time to get in and out of different menus and stuff. And it's oh, really confusing. Yeah, if you hit the wrong one, then it just takes you further down a stupid rabbit hole mm -hmm. and then... This is all like this. Yeah. It's sort of like uh, how Dota evolved from Warcraft or something. It's so that when you watch a high level of PC Fallout 4 player, <laughs> be like you just, just hands just <laughs> a blur. Like, how, how do they play oh this well? Such yeah. a skill. 
side comment. Did you see this has got to be somebody just being cheeky at Kotaku on the StarCraft 2 expansion? Like, categorize the genre of game as MOBA with buildings? What? <laughs> that was just a, it was a joke. It was oh, okay. an obviously was an obviously intentional joke. joke. The yeah. review <laughs> uses the phrase RTS, but like everyone oh, saw okay. the Twitter. And I just saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. How could, like, obviously no one yeah. legitimately make that mistake? I thought that was a very building. strong choice. Yeah, it's good joke. I liked that a lot. Yeah. They meant Lomo with buildings, though. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> no, just fucking... Everybody would have yeah. lost like, their Like, shit. what is this? With manners. <laughs> this is a clearly just a typo of a bad joke. Um, I really liked it, though. I'm going to stick with Fallout, even mm-hmm. though I had, like, the, like, an hour of my progress erased because I forgot to save, and I went through a booby trap last night. <laughs> oh, shit. That's such a weird thing to have happen, because, mm-hmm. like, you don't save anything anymore. Everything just sort of, like, auto-saves, like... Yeah. You know, like when you're like, yeah, you just don't think about it as much. But these games, you can go such a huge period of time without like making critical path progress of any. Like you can just do it was like like two hours. Yeah. The way I'm playing right now, I'm just not I'm I'm basically not doing anything. I'm just like (laughs) walking around encountering things. But like I'm not I haven't progressed the story in a long time. Same. I don't have any of the I don't know if I don't I tried to turn off the stuff like the yeah. quest stuff. But I don't know if I have like more limited UI options on console. If a reader so knows the things, this, okay, please so let me know. As far as I can tell, you can't turn off the compass on the bottom side of your screen. Which is fine. Yeah, but what you can do is just deactivate all your active quests. You can still do them, but right. it means the dots won't show up and tell you where to go. Yeah, I'm, is that in the settings? No, that's in your actual quest log. Oh, okay, yeah, I haven't done that part yet. Yeah. Um, but no, it was like enough time to where I've probably been playing, I don't know, a good chunk of early out. Like I'm still just like on the outskirts of Diamond City. I refuse to go in. I keep leaving and going as far as I can out of the directions to find other stuff because I'm like, oh, that's a whole, like, I know that's where the game starts. (laughs) And like, I'm just still, there's like so much more shit that I want to do before I go in there. And, um, I was enough time between saving and getting blown up to where I was like, do I just re-roll and that's that character's story. Like, it felt like so much time that it felt like a weird alternate yeah. universe for me to go back, you know? Uh, yeah. That would be interesting if the game didn't, didn't like, when you make a new character, the game's just going to start identically. Yeah, that's course, That's yeah. the only reason. But there was a mod. As that I was ever, a Skyrim mod, right? Where yeah. they would roll you a random character and drop you at a random place in the world and just say, go, Skyrim. Well, I think... Or something that? close to I that. I definitely was, said, go, Skyrim. <laughs> it was something very close I, I, to that, yeah, right? Yeah, I, I, think, I think the mod you're thinking of put you into a random NPC. Oh, did and it? And that okay. was yeah. your character. Yeah. Okay. Whoa. That's, I think that's, it's the one, that's the one I recall. Okay. Yeah. That's, yeah. Which People, is such an awesome idea. Yeah. That would be really awesome, especially, though, if it could just be like, oh, you're a raider now, so... Be a raider, be an asshole in this playthrough. <laughs> yes, go and raid some settlements and. I mean, them. you could just do that. Now you're a shopkeeper. Yeah, I mean, like you would just like... put on raider armor and go raid things. That's what <laughs> yes. they did. Yeah. Like, but then the raiders <laughs> would still <laughs> shoot at you. Not they like didn't have bros. to like apply for a job. <laughs> <laughs> they probably True. killed Are a guy sure? in raider armor, put it on, and then became one. Yeah. That's probably exactly what they did. <laughs> My raider armor just looks like Boba Fett. By the way, I just look like new Boba Fett. It drives me crazy. I look like one of the sand people from Zara's. I'm put that in. Do you travel so in I found it weird file? to say sand people. I have found it You're really a Tuscan enjoy- raider from That's Tuscany? The ones. <laughs> You're an artisanal <laughs> raider? <laughs> Three cheese. <A> tus- <laughs> gusting raider. <laughs> Tuscany exists in the same universe as Boston, 
our universe. I encountered a Tuscan Raider <laughs> in Fallout. Just, just, yeah. Second generation. Second Tuscan. generation Tuscan Raider. Yeah, he's yeah. <laughs> he moved there to write his novel. I'm a Tuscan American Raider. <laughs> My grandparents came over here from Tuscany to raid. <laughs> afraid they put on their raiders armor you brought it all the way yep their artisanal tuscan raiders armor <laughs> crafted by a fucking tuscan artisan i'm so worried about missing stuff because i don't understand the game though like does that happen to you you got FOMO. What, like what like i'm worried like i tried to adopt a two-headed dog because i thought i could because i was like i have a dog maybe i can just upgrade to this yeah. this, this mutant dog <laughs> Like, I didn't understand that it was an enemy until it was an enemy, until it was very clear, right. you know? So yeah. there's all that sort of stuff. I approach every scenario just sort of, well, like, new, yeah, you fun. know? But, like I, like, I guess it's good that you don't know that, because yeah. your character is also 200 years behind mm-hmm. yeah. the curve. So I walk into every situation just being like, what are we doing? Hey, yeah. hey guys. That's, that's, you're that's you're come with me? Oh, you... You're biting me. All right. Well, it's okay. Wait for the wait for the two headed dog adoption mod. Also, wait for the Steam uh, Workshop edition so that we can actually get someone to make Tuscan Raider <laughs> armor <laughs> yeah, yeah. that was made by a Tuscan artisan. Yeah. Yep. Three cheese. Yeah. Or it's a quattro formaggio if you want. You can. Um, um, do you? Oh, sorry. No. Just, Sean's just enjoying the cheese. Just giggling. Do you guys know that that farm early on? Have you? I forget. The farm with the two headed. You, you, how much you've played this game a fair amount, right? You know, yeah, the farm with the two headed cow. Yeah, yeah. You picked. Oh, no, I mean, two headed cows are like a staple of Fallout. But the, the first one. Like yeah, the first one that you see. Whatever yeah. her name is. Um, they they grow a fruit there called I think Tato's. Yeah, which is a, a you mash a them, you mix fry of, them, you put them in a stew. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew, uh, and. They, I found that, like, I, I just went in there and there's a, there's a woman, like the proprietor of the farm, um, who like buys and sells things. And I just picked all of her potatoes and sold them all to her. And, <laughs> like, she paid me for them. That's classic and PC then, and then I, Yeah. And then I came back like half an hour later and all the potatoes had regrown. So I just picked them all again and sold all those. So Chris, her. you're a potato farmer. So I'm just, yeah, I'm just a potato farmer. I, I just come in and harvest her crops. And sell them to her and then leave. <laughs> she's probably buying your labor, though, right? Yeah, she probably can sell them for more. She's, yeah, she's can. marking them up. Well, see, see, I sell them raw, but then she boils, mashes them, or sticks them in a stew. And the sells stew is very the, I mean, there's also, like, recipes in this game, so maybe she, maybe that's, maybe that's a thing. Maybe, maybe Tato has three recipes, uh, and we all know what those are. So. <laughs> Most of us do. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think it looked like he smelled now. a fart for about a minute and a half. It's okay. This entire this entire conversation is just in impact with a black outline around it. <laughs> it's fine though. It's what fine. isn't? Uh, I was gonna say something about those potatoes, but they're Americans. What well, you Americans? You have a, you your have a American quarrel? joking. It's a Lord of the Rings reference. I don't know what potatoes are. You don't know what's taters? What's taters? taters? Well, in the game, they're called taters. I mean, that's just from Fallout. I didn't know that. Taters are crisps. Taters. That's the difference. You have the tato crisps as well. Yeah. What, what, I mean, what is potato? Is what you mean? precious? What are you doing? <laughs> Sorry. Is you being you, Lord of the Rings? Yeah, you person? are entirely. Is that on purpose? Yeah. Okay. I can't tell. <laughs> You have a British Listen, accent, so I can't tell if I'm you're just speaking discern. or if you're quoting Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Classic. Oh, that's just like Sam says. Mm-hmm. 
I was just trying to Remember figure that time out if Gandalf said classic, <laughs> a, a uh, an American branded. No, that's thing. just from this video game. No, yeah. it's just a stupid slanging of the word potatoes. Yeah, no, in the game, it's meant to be a cross of potatoes and tomatoes. Oh, that's what it is in the game. Oh, mm. I mean, the tomatoes, they're though. just red potatoes, but <laughs> people have really classed them up with new brand. I see. Tomatoes is what they're called. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, they are really <laughs> good God. They are what? It's important that we get these things right. It isn't. <laughs> <laughs> have you built any built any weird shit in your not, no, not, not really. I, I I just I built some like you know hallway segments and stuck them together. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I built one of those and thought, oh, this is gonna take ages to do anything. Fuck this. Yeah. I I haven't put down one. I've spent lots of time with the settlement UI, but yeah. I have yet to place one thing because I know the moment I put something on the ground, I'm not going to leave. It's really stressful for me. So I just kind of keep cycling through everything. You mean you're not going to leave the area because I'll just keep. You'll need more. You'll need to get more stuff to build more things, though. Oh, that'll kill me. I just can't. I'll get come back. Are you to worried it. someone's going to come by and fuck it up? Or? I don't know, man. I don't know. I worry about the. I worry all the time in this game. You got to find the perfect spot. Exactly. And then it's time to start. I have to have a stuff. good idea. You don't want to build stuff right by this at the beginning of the game. No. Although I did end up doing a two-hour loop all the way back to my home, like last night. That was really. And then you died on your own booby trap. Is that why? No, I went much further after that. But it was really fun to like get back there and i'd done the stuff in that first little town where you like get in the suit the first time and then like people from that fight end up moving back into their homes which is cool so i bumped into them and like mm -hmm. that sort of realization you're like oh wait this is the that's the vault right there that was very nice like that stuff has reminded me how much fun that part of the game can be more so than skyrim i think in terms of the uniqueness of the areas but, yeah. <laughs> yep it's a video game you'd like, Jake. I know. Pick it up in the Steam sale. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, Whenever I have free time and I'm sitting at my computer, I come to like a three-way fork in the road between do I work on Firewatch or do I create a new Unity project because I'm really curious about all the new rendering stuff that's gone into Unity 5. <laughs> oh, I do not have that fork. Oh, man. There's <laughs> oh, it's thrilling. Speaking of that. Because I think we should probably take a break in a second. But yeah. before we go to a break, um, this is a reminder that the Idle Thumbs community is starting a winter-themed wizard jam called the Wonderful Winter Wizard Jam, I believe. And if you're interested in doing that, it starts pretty soon, I think. Um, go to idlethumbs.net and hit the forums link at the top. And there's a bunch of people who are starting to form teams and put together the guidelines for it. Um, Looks pretty good. The last one of those was really good. I was reminded of it because I started a game for the original Wizard Jam in Unity, and then uh, I was too lame to finish it. I even got Chris to help me work on it for a minute, and then even then, with the help of a competent programmer, I, I was too lazy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Chris. I'm sorry, Wizard Jam. I also was that. So it's fine. It was an Xbox <laughs> Blade uh, UI that you explored. It was pretty sweet. Um, anyway, whatever. Wonderful Winter Wizard Jam. An awesome game jam coming soon from the Idle Thumbs community. Go look at it. IdleThumbs.net. Slash WWWJ. No, it's not what? there. <laughs> no. IdleThumbs.net and click on forums. Spacejam.com. <laughs> Let's take a break. Video game. This episode of Idle Thumbs is brought to you by MeUndies. MeUndies manufactures and sells directly to you incredibly comfortable and high-quality underwear and other basic undergarments. 
Um, I actually found an, a basically ancient email sent to us by an Idle Thumbs reader that I, I don't know how I never noticed this before, but Shadow Zenith writes in the year 941 back, back in january <laughs> 2008 uh, yeah <laughs> um i happened to be doing laundry when i was listening to the episode where meundies was a sponsor and while i was initially bemused at the notion of an underwear ad on a video game podcast my clothes were right there and it actually had an impact my unmentionables were in a sorry state so i thought eh, why not these things are damn comfortable you never know what might work out zenith sent via phone tablet and then there's like a complex emoticon they are ridiculously comfortable yeah i need to get enough pairs of meundies for every day of the week because i have meundies days where i wear them and i feel a little wait we i actually hate them <laughs> i do the same thing actually i have like my nicer underwear that right. i well obviously you, out. you use those ones out first and then move on to the to the last not necessarily because sometimes you save them. I'm gonna oh, yeah. feel. I got Thursday is gonna be a hard day. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I want to feel This is like a weird '80s <laughs> commercial. Thursday is gonna be a hard day. It's gonna be a Meandies day <laughs> just for me. Day. Only I'll know. That's well, it's that's my true life. It's good. But I'm what just, if every day could be one of those days? I would like to do that. Think I'll of probably, the savings you could get. If I wanted to make every day a Meandies day. What would I do to do that? You would go to MeUndies.com okay. slash thumbs. There, right now. MeUndies.com slash thumbs, and you will get 20% off your oh first gosh. order and free shipping. Video game. This episode of Idle Thumbs is also brought to you by Harry's. Harry's manufactures and ships high-quality razors and shaving products. Uh, it is also, you may be aware, Movember. <laughs> oh, it Which, is. Yes, Movember. Is that how you say that? I've never really known. It's, yeah, it sounds Movember. like November, but with an M. Yeah, it's yeah. just weird because it's because it's because it is because it's not uh, musta Movember musta. like mustache. Mustache. Right. Movember is when uh, men may choose to um, grow mustaches or other facial hair configurations to promote men's health. I did this one year in like 2010 and there's a fo- which I don't think you guys saw because I was in Boston and I have a photograph of it. Well, I'm seeing it now. And, I'm pretty excited about this. And this is what this. it looked like. It's the like handlebar. I got to tell you, if you wanted to become a totally different type of composer, this would be the mustache for you to have. <laughs> so I'll put this up in the forum thread for the episode. Oh, oh, like a lemmy. Someone like reminds me mustache. too. Yeah, it is kind of yeah. like lemmy. Um, anyway, so you can... If whether or not you have any interest in giving yourself a handlebar mustache or any other kind of mustache, um, Harry's razors and shaving products work well, regardless. Uh, and sculpting for yeah, for, I mean you know for the whole face hair situation, whatever, <laughs> whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, if you go to Harry's dot com, that is H A R R Y S dot com, and enter the code thumbs at checkout. You will get $5 off your first order. Uh, considering you can get their starter kit, which comes with a razor, blades, and shaving gel or cream for only $15, that is it's super cheap. Ridiculous. Yeah. Absurd. Knock, knock a third right off that. <laughs> Redonculus. Yep. Harry's.com. <laughs> Enter code thumb. Redonculus. Video WWWJ sounds like what, what would, would Jesus do? <laughs> yeah, <it's> like, <laughs> what would wizards 
Jesus. Juice. Jesus. <laughs> what would wizards... Jesus. The guy was distracted right then, but it was still... Nice. <laughs> what else? You have to finish your over... What, what would they want? Jesus. What would they want? He said, well, he said that, and then a wizard attacked him, and he just turned into a little pile <laughs> of ass on the ground. Was it not just... <laughs> a wizard a teleported into his room yep. after <laughs> was, he said Jesus. wizard. I want what I want. Video <laughs> game. We back? Yeah, we never left. Oh, Gosh, man. guys. It feels like just minutes ago we were talking about underpants and... Potatoes. Yeah. So a game came out on Steam like a week ago or so, I think. Prove it. Called no. Ki- well, you can look it up. It's called Kiro Blaster. K-E-R-O. Uh, I don't actually know what that... Like means. kerosene? Yeah. Um, it's called, like that. It's called but, the kerosene But blaster? completely unrelated. Yeah, it's called Kiro Blaster. And it's by... Um, Daisuke Amaya, the the guy who goes by Pixel, who made Cave Story, mm-hmm. oh. like all the way back in two thousand four, right? And this is actually his first game since that. Wow, crazy! Yeah, a decade wow. later. Um, Cave I played, Story came out ten years ago. Yeah, yeah. isn't that crazy? What? Yeah. Um, so I played this game on uh, iOS last year when it came out. I guess it actually also came out on PC then, but I didn't know. I think it was released through some Japanese like PC distributor thing. But uh, but I played all the way through the entire game on iOS last year. It's a platformer. It's a 2D, like, side-scrolling, run-and-gun platformer. And I kept meaning to talk about it on the podcast at the time, and I just never, like, I always had something else that I wanted to talk about first, and I just never got around to it. And now it came out on Steam, and I just saw it on Steam, and I went, oh, my God, I completely forgot that this game existed. And I picked it up. Again, because because I really liked it and kind of I played it for about an hour, but I don't think I'm going to go through the whole thing again. But um, it's it's a really unusual game in some ways, in part because it feels like such an anachronism. Um, like we we were talking about Downwell recently, which is very um, feels very much like a throwback in some ways and that it has a very limited color palette and it sort of in visual design is kind of simple movement input mechanics. Yeah. Very simple movement, movement mechanics. Definitely. Um, but it also feels like a game that is sort of aesthetically intentionally backwards looking while also being very informed by modernity in very key elements of it, of its design. Whereas Kiro Blaster has a very backwards looking aesthetic, but in a way that is not super stylish like Downwells is, it just kind of looks like an older game. It's, it's really weird. It's very, very strange. And there's nothing about the design that is, that feels super informed by modern design choices. Although I'm sure that there are, you know, not uh, sort of less obvious ways in which that's the case. It's just a really, really competently made very challenging uh, run and gun platformer with a very very simple like rule set. Hero Blaster looks like uh, a game that was like in the like the two D id software Apogee era. Like it looks like a <laughs> yeah. game that is like one tier aesthetically below like Commander Keen or something. Like, right, it looks or like Jazz Hugo, Jackrabbit or something. Hugo, yeah. Yeah. Even Jack, Jazz Jackrabbit and and I uh, guess that's a couple. Those of are beyond, those are yeah. both pretty nice. Yeah. Where it, this this looks like it like would be a competitor to Hugo's House of Horrors or right. something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it just looks like the sort of game that your friend would get from a swap meet on a floppy disk, and you'd be like, just, you would not know where it came from. No, it's close to the aesthetic of, like, the Amiga era, 
Um, yeah, it also yeah, looks like kind looks of platforming yeah, game. Yeah, it looks so like less PC, more more Amstrad, Amiga, not yeah. Amstrad, Atari. That's yeah. that's definitely true, uh, and it's. But again, it doesn't use that kind of palette and style in a super like stylish, modern feeling mm-hmm. way. The way a lot of retro inspired. Um, visual styles do you know they try to sort of employ like these technical limitations in the service of like a really specific aesthetic and this game Mm -hmm. doesn't and it's kind of charming for that reason um i like how unassuming it is and then you play it and it's and it just gets fucking hard like it just gets really brutal in a way that is satisfying because it is tuned really well i i'm kind of amazed with myself that i played the entire thing on iOS, which is something I could not stand to do with Downwell. That game is just so frantic and unforgiving um, and, and great, but I, I just couldn't deal with the, the sort of virtual controls. This game I did. Um, Maybe that's because you have played PC Downwell. Like, would if that hadn't happened and you just... No, you played, played iOS first. I, I started on iOS Downwell, yeah. and a, a couple days in, I'm like, I just can't, I just can't do it. It's not, you know what I mean? Like, I, I ended up just waiting until the PC version came out. Which I, I guess was actually only two days later, but I'm pretty confident that I would not have stuck with it the way I did. Yeah, on, the on PC, the virtual controls and the tone and pace of that game. Yeah. I just, like, totally Whereas Kiro Blaster is difficult, but it is also kind of more intentional and less um, re, uh, instinct instinctually reactive than Downwell is. You know, in Downwell, you're constantly reacting to things on a split second basis. In Kiro Blaster. I don't even know why I'm comparing these games because they're not that similar, but I guess they're both sort of one person developed Japanese indie games with very limited color palettes <laughs> and are effectively platformers. Although very, and they both shipped, on, and they both shipped on mobile first. They both shipped on mobile and, and, and PC. That is true. And so um, th- this game, even though there are moments where you have to sort of run and jump, you know, quickly in quick succession, you still have that feeling of, of, that you get in a lot of platformers where, okay, I see what the enemy's doing. I know what the enemy's pattern is. I'm going to like, I know exactly how far my gun shoots. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to like get right to the edge of, of, you know, my range and like sort of exploit his movement patterns and firing patterns. You know, it's that kind of thing. Um, And there's also upgradable weapons and upgradable uh, attributes and things like that. And it's just, it's just good. Like it's not, it's not remarkable or revelatory. It's just, good the whole way through at least it was in my opinion um and it's I, I can't remember how much it costs on steam but it's not expensive uh and it's called kiro blaster and it is by pixel who made cave story thanks chris welcome now i've fulfilled my like year old intention to talk about <laughs> that game <laughs> glad it came out on steam so i did that yeah Reader mail from readers? Yeah, let us huh? do huh? some reader mail. They don't have to be readers. But they Just will be. Reader mail from just, yeah, right. unsubscribe. <laughs> Random. Uh, Gary Marshall writes What's up, cool internet people? The brief discussion of Chris Avalon's plan for Black Isle's canceled attempt at Fallout 3, which gets referred to as Van Buren because that was its project title, got me nostalgic for looking forward to that game. When he was the lead designer on Van Buren, he, he had the idea Chris brought up last week about there being another party who is just essentially another roaming player party, just controlled by the computer rather than another player. They'd visit locations and handle things like your party would, and sometimes would get there before you, so there'd be parts of the game where you'd turn up, an entire town would be raised, and you'd have no idea what had happened. 
When he was still at Black Isle, he left before Van Buren got canceled when Obsidian Entertainment was being put together. He ran two separate pen and paper RPGs sat in, uh, set in the part of the West Coast of the U.S. that the game would take place in. I don't think he told any of the people playing this game, but the two parties were in indirect competition, with one party ruining a place and the second party getting there later and being confused as to why the settlers were pissed off about another group of heavily armored adventuring assholes turning up. Hmm. That's so good. Yeah, that is really good. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. He apparently, um, Chris Avalon did a talk at NYU's practice uh, lecture series this last weekend, which is a game design like weekend lecture series know, that a bunch of people did and he talked about van buren and this pen and paper rpg stuff so i suspect oh. sometime in the next few months a video of that talk will probably cool. go up on nyu's uh youtube man isn't, practice is so good isn't that what stalker was trying to do well not quite, yeah stalker like, ha- i i totally neglected to bring up stalker when i talked about this stuff because stalker has it totally has um stuff like that in it i remember we were talking years ago years ago i think nick was had a story on the podcast about playing stalker and then an npc just like came up and took his gun away and get <laughs> <laughs> right in front of him yeah it's like other stuff like, like taking your, your contracts and fucking your life up. yeah there's yeah there's all the, the npcs in stalker do all kinds of like really cool things that interact that influence your uh quest and everything else i i completely there was an I my mind. Reader story about a guy who like went on a whole like mission at night in stalker had done but like was defending himself against shadowy creatures in the dark of this warehouse and then came back, like did like two hours of missions and came back through and found this like murdered warehouse and was like, who's been here? Who did all this? And then had this realization that it was him. <laughs> that was me <laughs> last night. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah. one of my favorite stalker stories that come through the podcast. Gosh, that was a while ago. Do you know what else that stuff reminds me of? Like people playing uh, a game, not knowing that there's other people kind of playing in that same space as them or like playing against each other but not knowing uh like what's there's a um have you guys heard of a a man named darren brown he is a yeah yeah. sort of of like magician debunker yeah he's like a showman magician you know power of the mind power suggestion kind of guy he did one of his tricks that he does it was really good is he made uh a bunch of he played a bunch of grandmasters at chess and said i can win oh yeah playing like 11 grandmaster chests or whatever they were all at once, like taking a turn, moving the next person, taking a turn. Um, and so he did that. But what he's actually doing was memorizing their games and making six of them, like a bunch of them play against each other and then trying to beat the weakest one himself using his own chess skills. So he's just like <laughs> memorizing all the moves and using them against other people. And they're like, no, whatever. I'm... So he's like, I know I'll win like half, half of these. And then yeah. I just have to win one. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Like that kind of thing. That still means he has to be decent at chess. Yeah, it still means he had to be good. <laughs> yeah, but I like, guess yeah. you know, pick the pick yeah. the worst one, the worst wizard. <laughs> um, so Shitty wizard. Anyway, Gary, and there's your idea for your game jam game <laughs> number one. Uh, Gary Marshall continues. A lot of the ideas for Van Buren eventually got used in New Vegas, which was led by Josh Sawyer, and three of the four story DLC packs were led by Chris Avalon. As an idea, it's very lightly touched upon. In that game, you'll occasionally hear about another person who has a beef with your character for some unknown reason, and that character appears in the final DLC after a lot of foreshadowing throughout the game. But because it's a single character, and because they're making the game in the Fallout 3 engine, which wasn't designed to handle an autonomous character who wrecks shit of his own volition, it would have been impossible to make a whole system to handle it. Which is a shame. I think it's a neat idea that I haven't really seen being done. When I listened to Episode 1 of Vital Thumbs back in 2013... I remember chuckling at the new No Mutants Allowed comment, 
Now that we've mentioned Fallout, they're already here. I was never active on that forum, but I was definitely one of the people who was disproportionately angry at Fallout 3, uh, as though people enjoying a game in the series that wasn't exactly the same as the original was some terrible thing. I've mellowed out about Fallout 3 since then, and I'm digging Fallout 4, but I thought I'd bring it up so you were aware that it took at least one NMA lurker five years to find your podcast. Regards, <laughs> Gary. Uh, he then sent a quick follow-up email saying, I forgot to bring up the thing I was going to about Chris, Chris Avalon, which is that he also wrote the Fallout Bible, which contained the massive list of vaults you guys mentioned a few weeks back. He wrote a few good parts of it and was basically a load of semi-official background lore and flavor material for people to run their own pencil and paper RPGs in the Fallout world. It had a list of vaults with the experiments happening in each one. At least one of the vaults listed in the Fallout Bible ended up being used in Fallout 3, the one in which a hallucinogenic gas was leaked into the air, air filtration system. Regards, Gary. Cool. Nice. Does it also mention the one in which Chris Remo replaced everyone, <laughs> made it women only, and except for and one baby, Nick Brecken? <laughs> yeah. Is that in that list? Uh, if only. Future oh list. man, this is crazy. So we have another email from Shadow Zenith, the guy who wrote us back in January about. Uh, MeUndies also wrote us four days ago. What? Thanks. <laughs> love the, love, found the, the, mail or love just... the MeUndies read this week, guys. <laughs> He's on MeUndies strike. He's been writing in every Can single we week to his, yeah. for the last year about MeUndies. Still wearing them. <laughs> I refuse to take these off. Maybe it's got an update. I haven't heard you mention any of these emails yet. I don't know. It must be a weird oversight. <laughs> uh, what did he... What did he uh... Uh, unrelated to underwear, he writes... The words we use to describe genres in gaming are hilarious sometimes, and the etymology of them fascinates me. The twisty route we took to arrive at, quote, adventure game, being the main descriptor for a narrative and or logic-gated thing that emphasizes those qualities over combat and direct conflict. Then we tack the word action on the front to signify when those qualities have direct combat or conflict blended in. Wacky. I was reminded of this when you guys struggled to describe a game where you line up three or more similar things in the hopes that the gaps created by their disappearing will cause yet more things to align. I struggled with that a while back. I don't think puzzle game can be a genre name at this point because there's so many different kinds of puzzles and it fails to evoke anything specific. Eventually, I set it on ma- settled on match puzzler to describe the whole icon piece shifting and alignment genre in general. Hope you find a, a fitting genre title and perhaps spread it out a bit. Match puzzler is also like a real C-list DC comics villain. <laughs> yes. <laughs> MOBA with buildings. MOBA. <laughs> MOBA minus buildings. This is MOBAs. Um, two, let's see. Yeah, what did we end up calling? We called it like a, a line chainer. I, we had some. Sh- I can't even remember. Whatever. Yeah. Casual game names. Um, to Lalith Doherty. I'm sorry for surely. Oh, here we go. Oh, yeah, it is It is just pronounced like Tulula, but it's not spelled in a way that I'm familiar with. So Tulula Doherty writes. It's a great name. It is a good name. Hi, Thumbs. I enjoyed your discussion on microtransaction in games, and I was wondering if any of you had heard about Amazon Underground. It's a service on the Amazon Kindle Fire tablet. It's an invite-only service for elites. <laughs> <laughs> it, kind of, it kind of sounds like that's what it is, because it says it's a service on the Amazon Kindle Fire tablets that lets you get games for free. But the thing that's interesting is that all of the microtransactions are free also. I don't think any of the... It's really- attached to a bizarre sex cult found in the underground <laughs> of New York. <laughs> like... I don't think any of the really egregious games are on it, but I did get Jetpack Joyride and immediately acquire 2 million coins in every item, which felt really strange. Another thing I find interesting about this is that the developers of the apps are paid by Amazon for each minute the app is used in total for the user base, roughly 0.2 cents a minute. 
The Amazon developer website includes a calculator where you can put in how many minutes of play your app sees and find out how much money Amazon Underground will make you. It's weird and fascinating in, in my opinion, so I was wondering if you had any thoughts about it. you think it's a good idea? A little note about Fallout. In Fallout 3, items did sometimes disappear from containers in the general wasteland. The only safe containers were the ones in your personal houses in, money, in Megaton or Tenpenny Tower. I have no idea if this is in Fallout 4. Thanks for reading, Tallulah Doherty. Um, we, so how did how does Amazon make money from is this? Ad driven? This seems like it's maybe it's a promotional thing. Like, it this must feels be like it's like, it's like their version to, of PlayStation Plus or something. Yeah, it must right? be to drive. Maybe mm-hmm. it comes with Amazon Prime. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, they're really just chucking in everything they can with Amazon Prime now. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I inexplicably and for no personal reasons in my life, I am a full. Am I get? I think. I have an Amazon mom discount now that I've learned that I just got last week. Pretty sweet. 20% off baby. Never going to need it. <laughs> Not never, but you know. We, they just comp to you Amazon mom? What does that mean? I, I added <laughs> uh, a friend as a family member, which mm-hmm. you can do. Ah, people with families are moms. Turn me so into like, an yeah. Amazon mom. Maybe you're, <laughs> that's I mean, really weird. Sure, this is your purchasing strange. habits. Mike, Dad, and Amazon know. mom hanging out. <laughs> they didn't think that like Amazon parent was catchy enough, so they're just, like they're all moms. I get twenty percent off diapers because I'm an Amazon mom. They know exactly what he's. I'm an buying. Amazonian mother. <laughs> Mamazon. <laughs> it's a mom. It's a Mamazon <laughs> underground. <laughs> but yeah, I just feel like they're just trying to make Amazon Prime. Like they're just throw. They're starting to just throw everything in now. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. David Ma writes, Dear Thumbs, Hi, David. Fallout 4 is sort of ruining me. Oh. Not so long ago. He, 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 parent, he put sort of in parentheses, I guess, to make it clear that he's not actually like... I'm ruined. Ruined. He's, he's no longer <laughs> non-functional. But ruined. No, parentheses, not quotes. Sorry. He put it in parentheses, yeah. Fallout 4 is sort, of. is sort of ruining me. Not so long ago, I moved into an older home, and with it, the host of problems and accompanying renovations you'd expect from such a place. Giant cockroaches, two-headed dogs. The plaster and lathe built bulges here and there, so I have a supply of plaster construction adhesive screws and screws and washers to bind the plaster. A pipe leaks, some solder, a copper tubing, and a blowtorch. Need to patch a ceiling, drywall, joint compound, fiberglass tape. My garage has become a small microcosm of construction supplies, from a range of woods and engineered materials to various chemicals, compounds, and hardware. So I find myself in a strange situation where I'm alternating between scrounging for building materials in my garage and scrounging for building materials in Fallout 4's Commonwealth. I lay down wood flooring at Red Rocket while I'm waiting for grout to dry just down the hall. The problem is when you're working on one, you start thinking about the other. If I had more wood, I could fence off more of the settlement. Well, I have half as much pine as I'd need to replace another drawer, so how about I do two instead of one? (laughs) (laughs) If If I grow another row of corn, I can have a solid supply of adhesive. Maybe another sheet of plywood be ha- would be handy. I don't need another sheet of plywood. Have you ever played a game where your gaming habits bl- bleed into the real world? Collecting all the things, David Ma. At my worst Dota times, I was really trying to like min-max my time around the house in a way that I started to notice. Oh, yeah? Yeah, just what like... What does that mean? Oh, I'm only going to go... Once I... I'm bringing my, la- I'm bringing my laptop with me to keep watching this Netflix show. I'm watching in my couch to watch it in the kitchen so i don't have to come back in here and watch it in here because that would be steps wasted stuff like that right <laughs> wasn't healthy yeah <laughs> bought a bicycle got out more 
things were good. Man, yeah. I, t- I talked about this way back, but when I yeah. used to play a lot of Worms Armageddon, it remapped my brain's perception of how space was navigated to the point that, like, I lived on the second floor of a house when I lived in Santa Cruz, and I would look up at the window and just, like, there was an actual longing in my brain. It was like, if I could just deploy the, the fucking ninja, ninja rope. rope. If I could just deploy <laughs> yeah. the ninja rope, I could just suck up to the window and just go inside. I'd be home. Yeah. Instead, I have to go through the gate and around the mm-hmm. stairs. Ugh. <laughs> Unlock a door. If life was like Worms Armageddon... Probably be even more racist than the real life, <laughs> and there'd be like exploding sheep everywhere. And is yeah. worms racist? I, I don't know. Those those, vo- those voices were questionable. I think. Okay, <laughs> I'm not gonna dig any deeper. Okay. This isn't doesn't have a sort of like reciprocal action in the real world. But the God, the those two games last week that I talked about. I think it was last week that I talked about both of these. Uh, one of which is Fallout Shelter, which obviously I've talked about many weeks before, and then. Um, the Anno uh, 2205 Anno Asteroid, Asteroid Miner tie-in game. Though I realized, <laughs> I realized several days ago that th- those games are both games where waiting an amount of time is necessary. In Fallout uh, Shelter, it's strictly necessary. Things take time to happen. And there's nothing you can do about it. And then in Anno 2205, you can wait or you can spend money to not have to wait and so in my case that that meant i just ended up waiting you know um after i just like said no money spent on this um and that just resulted in me um like i realized i just fell into this pattern of i basically played each of those games in the morning and then after work and then i'd get up the next day and i'd play them before work and then i'd play them after work and i would just kind of like in the case of Fallout Shelter, I would go through all my people and, like, reassign them all based on all their leveling up and make sure that they're, like, studying the right thing, you know, training up on the right thing. Uh, and then in Anno, I would use up all of my energy until I didn't have any energy left and wasn't willing to buy more. And then that would be it. And I could do nothing to do in them for, like, hours while they tick away. Mm-hmm. And then I would get done with work and I'd get on the bus to go home and I would take them out and go through these fucking things. And it, I realized I was just doing an expert job that was getting me zero benefit Dollars. or money or like, <laughs> well, in the case of fallout shelter, it's really funny. Cause you're like, all right, boys, everybody get together. All right, go do your job. And then you go, ha ha ha. They're all off to work for me. And then you just go and work at your job yeah. and then come back. All right, boys, time to get back to work. Yeah, all <laughs> like women, but yeah, yeah, whatever. I was thinking it's more important. like a 1950s. That's true. It is that, of, you know yeah. what I mean? I was, it's called roleplay, Chris. Fair enough. So that 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 was a weird realization that I came to the other day, and have I have really no further insight about it. I suppose. <laughs> other than game, mobile games are weird. It's weird that that is the thing that apparently is like most effective on mobile, and I guess it is effective because I was doing it. Um, but it's it's weird. It's very strange. It's strange that that is just like a apparently a. Is it weird? Is it strange? Model. It is all of those. Is it crazy taxi? Nah, it's no, it's no crazy taxi. Let's be real. <laughs> but what is? Please get real. <laughs> get real. Get crazy taxi. Get real crazy. I think that we should stop this episode now. I think you're right. It ended. 
Well, thanks for, for listening to... <laughs> it would have been great if it just ended on you yeah. saying it ended. Video games! <laughs> we have to tell people about podcasts. It's the end of the podcast. This is the part where you say rate us on iTunes. It's the part where you say tell a friend. It really helps. It's the part where you say if you have a question, write us at questions at net. It's the part where you say net is a network that hosts a lot of great podcasts, including Three Moves Ahead, a war and strategy gaming podcast, and our latest podcast, Esports Today, covering the pro gaming scene. Check it out at idlethumbs.net. Idle weekend. They're going to have a lot soon. to talk about this week. Big Dota Major going on, some inner team drama. Ooh. I would check out esports today this week for sure. Esports.today is where you can find it. Whoa, really? A yep. great domain name. That's <laughs> pretty good. Yeah, we spent like $500 on it. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> it was impossible to resist. Yeah. It was that or esports.zone. No. Mm-mm. Nah. Mm-mm. You'd have to rename the podcast. <laughs> The esports zone. zone? <laughs> That's probably already a podcast. It is or now. a website or something. All right. Well, thanks for listening. You can also send us email at questions at idlethumbs.net. Covered that earlier. Oh, yeah. yeah, you did. Follow us at idlethumbs on Twitter. Okay. Oh, See yeah. You guys. You say that. See you guys next week. <laughs> <laughs> bye bye bye.